welcome to another Keel Hall Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we're going to be talking about some of the teasers that we got with the latest dev update regarding the next update, as well as some quality of life things that they talked about in the video, some community news, all that, your stories, and more on this episode of Keel Hall Podcast. First up on today's docket, I figured I'd tell you guys about something that you might have seen going around Twitter, which uh, I don't know if it was on Reddit. I didn't see it on Reddit, but then again, it could have been on Reddit and I just didn't notice. So I wanted to tell you that the new campfires are something that's kind of amazing. Uh, we we recently got the change to them so that you have to use wood and a lantern to be able to light them. But I think uh, I think thanks to some of the streamers out there, they were playing around with it, doing some sea of science, which is always really fun if you get a chance to try and test things out, see what works, see what doesn't. Uh, I know a lot of people really love doing that with the emotes, and you get some really interesting ones. Uh, I think some pirates have been able to make their pirates actually twerk, which is horrible to watch but uh kudos to them for figuring that that kind of work around and when you go around trying to break the game and not break the game in a malicious sense but just try to have fun with it you come across some interesting things and one of the things that some of the the folks out there have found out is that if you are near a campfire and you have wood actually placed on it like you would and you were just about to land the lantern if you use a powder keg you can actually blow up the powder keg and the fire from the powder keg will actually set up the, the campfire as well. Subsequently, you can also use your sword. You can actually use your sword to slash at the, the fire in the wood and the sparks eventually. Now, it doesn't seem to work right away. It does take a few swings and because uh, it's not actually colliding with something that takes damage, it interacts with it the way it normally would as if you were hitting like a rock or something like that. So there's a bit of delay. But if you if you continue on that path, you will eventually light the campfire using your sword, kind of the sparks and flint and things like that. It's really kind of cool. Um, I think, honestly, it's just going to be a lot quicker to use your lantern, but it's one of those little weird things that people find that I, I just think is really interesting when you're actually out there and, you know, who knows, it's a, a fun way to kind of show off if uh, if you, you have someone in the game that doesn't know about it yet, you can uh, show them, hey, you know, you can light a, uh, light a campfire with your sword uh, or a powder keg if you want. Next on the docket, I did want to bring up something that I thought was really cool out in the community that happened this last weekend, and that was the Race of Legends. Uh, if you're familiar with the Race of Legends, you already kind of know how their their setup is. They they get a bunch of ships together on uh, in adventure mode, and then they gather up enough supplies. They put some uh, obstacles or some challenges in the race as you race around certain islands, and there's certain tracks involved with it. And it's generally just a fun time to uh, uh, to try and test out your prowess, you know, get a crewmate or a crew together and see just how well you can do. Uh, ranges from galleons to sloops and brigs and stuff. But one of the things that was really cool to see kind of uh, starting off the 2020 year right was uh, the crew of legends actually challenged the dev team to the race of legends. And this consisted about three different 
uh, races, there was the initial race, which was between two galleons, and uh, they had to sail around to different islands and go through like Thieves Haven and things like that. But it was with Mike Chapman, it was with Joe Neat and Shelly and Andy Preston. And they got to hang out with the community this weekend and actually spend some time sailing with them, which is always really, really awesome to to have. And they also had the uh, the Longest Johns, uh, who, if you're familiar with, they play Sea of Thieves. They're also an acapella group that sing sea shanties. Um, and I'll probably have some links in the show notes to the Race of Legends as well as the Longest Johns in case you want to hear what the, the music was like with them. But it was really awesome to hang out with a lot of familiar names uh, out in the the community to come by and say hi see how the races were going and just to to have some fun and if you have a crew that is interested in doing the race of legends they have a website that you can actually go to to uh, actually register for that they've actually got registration rules things like that so if you go to raceoflegends.com they even have a calendar set up so that you can actually take a look and see when the next races are going to be and they just started a new event called the battle of legends that is open for registration and the battle of legends is similar in the the idea of having community members come together to actually compete but this is going to be an arena match it's going to be five rounds of arena and the last round is actually going to be um i can't remember what it was actually called but is instead of being able to use cannonballs you have to use firebombs which was kind of cool so these are just some of the cool things that we we found. Um, the the event over the weekend was really fun to watch. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it. It's on Twitch if you want to go uh, actually see how the races turned out so you don't get any spoilers from me about who won. Uh, you can go find out and watch the actual. I, I encourage you to go spend some time. It's a, It was a few hours worth of, of content on Twitch over at uh, the Dread Pirate Doug, uh, his Twitch account. And I'll probably see if I can get a link to his show or his his channel uh, in the show notes so you can go watch that as well. And it was just really fun to, to see them actually interact with the community. You know, we, we always see them kind of giving us the, the, the dev updates and interacting with us through like Reddit and Twitch and Twitter and stuff. But it's rare that we get a chance to kind of drag them onto the seas and actually spend time with them out on the uh, the ocean and stuff so um congrats to the race of legend team for for getting them uh in into galleons and actually going out into there and hopefully if you get some time you'll you'll get to check out the race of legends and the battle of legends if you are one of those crews uh, i know there's quite a few in the the keel hall discord who really enjoy getting together they play together all the time they've got their their uh their their kind of they work out you know who's who's good for doing what and whatnot i would love to see some of these guys jump into the race of legends kind of thing and see who comes out on top because i know that there are some very very good pirates in the keelhaw discord who uh constantly just impress me with all the stuff that they're willing to do and what they can and can't do and stuff and the race of legends is one of those things where you actually have an opportunity to do more than just battling it out at a fort you know there's an actual objective and you have to clear those objectives uh to be able to to, to progress and if you don't or if someone else stops you then you get pulled behind and you get further behind and it's even harder to catch up but it really really does uh, take good crews who are, are good seamen and also good pirates to be able to win at the end of it and uh, shout out to Kerdis and uh, Shumba who are, are two that I know 
uh fox die as well too i love those guys they're great streamers but they they tend to participate a lot uh in the race of legends as well as um quartermaster zeta owl uh, carry the legend and um oh, i just blinked on there's a couple other people i want to name but i can't think of who they were anyway you guys get the point. The Race of Legends was great. It was cool to hear the the devs talk and hang out with uh, some of the community and, and chat with us in, in Twitch chat and stuff. But that wasn't everything that happened uh, this last week. We actually got our first dev update of the year. And this has been kind of after a long hiatus from the last month. You know, they've been all on uh, holiday, traveling places, all that good jazz. And it was nice to hear from them because, to be perfectly honest, it's uh, I've been kind of wondering when we were going to get some more news. You know, last last week I talked about it coming out on the, uh, the 15th. Uh, I think, or no, no, I was thinking it was um, when it was going to come out. And I remember Trickster in Discord actually mentioned that the sale in the Microsoft store for the bundles uh, for the figurehead discount ended on the 15th, which means the 15th, we are getting our next update. And what is this update? Well, we know a little bit about it. We don't know a whole lot, but I'm actually really excited for this one. Uh, this update for this month is called the legends of the sea and it fully pertains to the player immortalizations in the game so this is one of those opportunities where sea of thieves like rare is an interesting company because they actually take a lot of the community and the people that have really cool stories or have done really great things for the community and immortalize them in the game uh if you remember back in july i actually found out that um uh, my immortalization went into the game and it was a really cool uh, uh run to try and figure out what it was and where it is and whatnot and i eventually found out that i was a skeleton captain something that i think is probably one of the coolest and unique of uh well actually i think all the i think all the immortalizations are really unique but the thing with mine was is that it was going to be something that people were going to be able to interact with you know people could actually fight me and kill me and get a skull from me and have me show up on the island randomly or show up at a fort you know it was it was one of those things that it was just it was really really cool to find out that you know my my gamer tag is now above a skeleton captain which traditionally that is a very small pool of names that is rare employees and um boot boat swings uh the from the forums any of the the people that were original like heralders of the forums you know they 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 have their own special discord they're really great people they've been uh constantly taking care of the community from the forum aspect and just being out and active in the community and it's it was a it's a real honor to have my name in that pool of of uh of, of names to be in that and i'm not a boatswain i'm not a rare employee but i i'm a dude that <laughs> that just sits here and talks to you about what i'm passionate about and uh to have that immortalization meant a lot to me it still means a lot to me i still think about it all the time and the fact that i was the first one to find it and i subsequently haven't actually seen my skeleton because i left the session that i was in as soon as i got the screenshot of the uh the, I, I had the map uh i i took a picture of it and then i left the session because i was running a contest and i didn't want anyone to just randomly jump in on the contest while i was fighting myself and and cheat that way 
I, I just wanted to, in, in hindsight, I really should have closed off the, uh, closed off the actual session and then went offline and then went and killed myself. But it's been six months and I still haven't seen myself in game. I'm so bad about, uh, cycling through the order of souls now. Cause I have so many voyages. I can't actually buy any order of souls, uh, voyages. So everything, all of the order of souls skeletons that I fight now are all random encounters or through like through the actual, <laughs> through the actual mercenary missions. It's crazy to think about that. But, um, Getting back to the point, I don't know, I just spent like five minutes gushing about how I love my portal player immortalization. The Legends of the Sea. Um, where to begin? Well, we're going to be meeting up with Umbra. And Umbra is it, it's she's an interesting character because she was a born she was one that was born out of a contest that started back in 2018. It was just before the game was launching, and they had their quest for the golden bananas, where Captain Black, uh, no Bronzebeard, Captain Bronzebeard, um, had his treasure stolen by Blind Bob, the ghost in the Pirate Legend Tavern, who wasn't a ghost before the game was announced. And in fact, interestingly enough, he originally was planned to be a normal NPC down in the actual Pirate Legend Tavern. There was a birthday video that was, or a video that was posted on the forums before the game went live about Blind Bob. And a person was working on the character animations for that character and the interesting thing about it was is that we never saw blind bob in his normal living form but because of this uh this video that was released um as a result of a birthday gift to the community uh we found out about blind bob and i grabbed that video and i swiped it and i held on to it and i did some vo work for it and stuff and bob talks about um the actual kraken before we knew that there was a kraken in, in the game which which if if you can think back to 2018 before we before we knew anything about any of the monsters in the game we only knew that it was just going to be a pirate game we always had these ideas of like what could be out there with some you know big monstrous kind of mythical creatures and stuff and we thought like oh god wouldn't it be awesome if it was like pirates of the caribbean 2 where they had the kraken and you fear the kraken and stuff and uh, skipping forward the the quest for the golden bananas started out on 19th march or the 19th of march 2018 and it was as a result of blind bob stealing the treasure from bronzebeard and then every time he was uh he was he was berated with questions he would always answer in riddles so umbra was stolen uh, from the Sea of Thieves and locked in a cell with Blind Bob. And it was because of her writing down all of these riddles and giving them to us that there was this global effort through social media and different ways of, of like videos and stuff that showed up on YouTube and Twitter and Instagram, all these different ways that you had to unravel all these different clues to figure out where this treasure was and one crew actually managed to get it but the thing that was always left behind was umbra umbra was always this character that just had a vast amount of knowledge and it turns out she is returning now if you listen to the past episodes you've already heard me kind of explain most of this but it's definitely certain that all of the writings and uh scribblings that have been going on over at the lagoon of whispers in the shores of plenty are 
indicative of she is going to be there. And if you've looked on Twitter, there's been a video of her writing stuff down at a tent with all these books and posters and stuff like that. So it's definitely clear that she's in the sea or in the shores of plenty or the ancient isles, but I'm definitely leaning towards her being at the lagoon of whispers because of the stuff that showed up during the last update uh, that hints to her being brought back to the sea of thieves. So what are you going to be doing? Well, it seems like you're going to be having to interact with player mortalizations. This whole event seems to be focused around giving uh, information or like background information about who each of the player immortalizations are made for. And you're going to have to kind of suss out uh, where, where they are. And I'm imagining that this is going to be similar to how the quest for the golden bananas went where you're going to get clues uh, on how to go to each of the different immortalizations and then find them. And once you find them and you, uh, uh, I don't know what you're going to have to, you're going to have to do something once you actually get to them, which they're everywhere. So it shouldn't be too hard, but once you actually get to them, then you'll actually find out a little bit about what that is. And there are a ton of them. So I can imagine there's going to be a lot of Easter egg hunting uh, when when the the event actually goes live. So two reasons I'm really excited for this. One, it's going to be something that's in the game that's persistent. And I think that this is going to be awesome for when new immortalizations get put into the game. And two, um, I, 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 I don't know that mine is going to be in this group because mine's pretty special. <laughs> um, the way mine works is it works like a natural part of the game. Like mine is not something that you could probably easily take out. Well, you could probably easily take it out. I'm sure it's just deleting a name in a spreadsheet and whatnot and somewhere in the game code. But the thing with mine is it's not easily trackable. Like it, it, you actually have to stumble upon me accidentally to actually find my immortalization, which in some aspects is kind of a hard thing. It's, it's a bummer that that's kind of how you have to come across mine. But for those that find me, it's really special because if you know the podcast and you see the name in game, then it's awesome because it's like, hey, that's Captain Logan. That's Captain L-O-G-U-N. I know I spell it weird. It's just a, a thing I've taken on since I was a, 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 a wee lad. But because of that, I don't know if they're going to be able to have a way to track it the way you would track this as if it were killing Briggsy or killing Grey Morrow. Um, killing specific skeletons, like this, the, the skeleton lords, that's a set, like there's a unique model to that skeleton and it has a specific identifier in the code, I'm sure. And because of that, uh, all of the skeleton captains are just lumped under quote-unquote skeleton captain in the game. And the names don't really apply to each one. So if you wanted to kill uh, the, the Emma Bridal skeleton or the, the, um, or the, the Mike Chapman or the, the Joe Neat uh, uh, skeleton captain, that would be really hard to track. And because I'm in that group, I don't know that I'm actually going to be in this list of, um, 
I imagine they'll just do commendations the way that we've been doing all of the events. So you, you'll, there's probably going to be commendations attached to each of the immortalizations so that it actually tracks it because a lot of these are physical things like pictures, ship models, paintings, uh, um, like Rocco, she has the, uh, or he has the, I'm not going to get into that, but uh, little Rocco has the, um, the, the, the art on the rock of the cat dancing with the chickens because it's a chicken rave. Uh, so I imagine you're probably going to have to go to Chicken Isle to visit Rocco's immortalization, just like you're going to have to go visit um, some of the, the sea posts and taverns for portraits and stuff like Balzania's um, uh, painting of him in front of the Kraken tentacles at night, uh, you know, and, and having all of those immortalizations is really fun because it celebrates all of the people that I love in the community. There's so many people in the game and there's only a few of the actual commendations that are from people that I haven't actually gotten to meet. So I'm excited to get a chance to actually go check out some of those different immortalizations and get a little more background on them because I know that they're in there and I know where they are, but I have no clue why. And I'm kind of interested to find out because there's a lot in there that I think uh, people probably have run by and never noticed that it was actually an immortalization, that it was actually an Easter egg for someone. So to celebrate that, it's great. And I think the first one I'm going to go visit is uh, Captain Jay's The Crow's Nest because that's one that if you've been listening to the podcast since I've been coming out with it, then you know. You know that way back in May of 2018, I and Captain J, uh, we entered or we opened up a contest back when Chips Ahoy was doing cookie codes. And the cookie codes were for obsidian item or obsidian equipment. It was for diff- or four different pieces of obsidian equipment. You could only get them through the codes at the time. And these were things where there were not that, uh, that many cosmetics. And the cosmetics that we had weren't as exciting or in in much variant of black uh so to have these meant that you had to go and get four codes from chips ahoy i love chips ahoy cookies chewy because that's the proper cookie to eat no hard cookies who eats hard cookies why would you eat a hard cookie unless you're dunking it in milk and even then you're having to supplement the i'm not i don't know i'm chewy just go with chewy if you don't believe me, talk to Han Solo. Regardless, uh, the cookie codes were as a contest that Captain Jay and I did back in May because we wanted to find his actual Easter egg. We had hints, we had teases, we kind of understood where it was supposed to be, but it wasn't there. And it wasn't until January of 2019 that uh, through some back channel conversations with some of the devs and digging into it and working with them that we actually got it put back into the game. Now, I'm not going to go into the big story about that. If you want to know that story, go visit Captain Jay's The Crow's Nest uh, YouTube channel. He'll actually be talking about, he's got a video about his Easter egg in there. But if you go up to the top of the torch on Crow's Nest Fort, you will actually see a placard with Jay's Crow's Nest uh, icon burned onto a big, big plaque. And it looks awesome. So that's probably going to be my first one. I'm interested to know, what is your 
immortalization going to be? What's the first one that you are going to go visit? If you could have one, what would it be? What would you want to have for your pirate immortalization in the game? I want to know. Let me know. There's tons of ways to do it. I want you to send me emails. It's Captain Logan, C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. Hit me up over at Twitch at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. You can always join the Discord and tell me in uh, private or send it, put it into the t- the tavern talk or in the questions and feedback channel um, there's a whole questions and feedback channel in there too if you want to go into there and actually tell me what do you want as your player immortalization and think of a good one because i'm i'm telling you man as soon as next week comes and you get in there you're going to find some player player immortalizations out there that are really unique and really cool and things that not many people would expect but thanks to this update and to the to the devs that i've talked to about this thank you for putting your time and effort into this because i i truly appreciate that this was something that you wanted to put into the game and you you really care about the community and making sure that these folks are remembered for what they're doing and i look forward to the day that i will will be able to be added to this list um if if mine's not already there because I, uh, I really don't think it's actually going to be on there. I'm going to be, I'm going to be hundred percent honest with you as much as I love you guys. And as much as I, I would love to be on that list, I don't think that the way the game works right now, mine's going to be in that list, but I have hopes that people at rare will hopefully find a way to work it out, to try and do something. I don't know, something to, to be able to, to track me. Cause I, I would love to earn, <laughs> I would love to actually earn doubloons for, uh, um, or gold gold. Yeah. I would like to earn gold for actually killing myself, uh, <laughs> on a regular basis. That would be a lot of fun. So I, I think this is going to be a really fun update. I think it's going to be a good shift from where we're at right now. I know a lot of people are frustrated with the gift giving. Uh, because people are done giving gifts, but there's a lot of folks out there that still need to get gifts and you have until the 14th. Uh, it's, it's 5 AM, uh, Eastern standard time. It's 2 AM Pacific standard time. It is, I can't think of what that is. I think that's 10 AM, um, 10 AM on the 15th for you, for UK. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't. I'm trying to work on time zones in my brain right now. Uh, but regardless, I think it's going to be really awesome. I think this is going to be something that really, really captures some of the love and and uh, uh, essence of what, sea of, what makes Sea of Thieves great. Next up on today's docket, I wanted to dive a little bit more into this dev update video because we were told about some quality of life changes that are coming to the game that I think are really fun. And it's the little bit of information that we have before the update. And then next week, I will probably be diving deeper into the actual update to give you guys more information about fun stuff to know so you don't have to go through and read all the the actual patch notes. Uh, That being said, 
the quality of life updates that Joe talked about in the latest dev update video, which I'll have a link for in the show notes, deals with something that a lot of people have been crying for, not crying in a bad way, not like a like a angry, but like calling out or 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 asking for kind of thing, you know, the, and, and it's, uh, it's something that I think a lot of people are going to be really surprised about when when you get down to it, when, when things actually come in and you actually try the, uh, sorry, I, I didn't even mention it. I'm burying the lead here. Crossplay preferences are coming to adventure. This is something that's available in arena and has been for some time, but crossplay preferences in adventure. So if you are a console player and you play with a controller, you can now opt out of playing with anyone that isn't playing on a console with a controller. Now, if you're a player playing on a console and you're playing with a mouse and keyboard, nah, you don't get this. It's not for you. You wouldn't care anyway, you got a mouse and keyboard. If you were playing on PC like myself, you're you're fine. You're you're going to be playing in the master race. It doesn't matter. You're you're probably doesn't doesn't even phase you at this point. But for those that have felt that there is a big enough difference between playing on an Xbox One and a PC gaming rig, then you now have an option to opt out of playing with other people who are on PC or using mouse and keyboard. You can play just with other controller players. And there's a lot of people that don't want this to happen because they think it's going to split the player base. Rare just announced they, they have 10 million players. You're good. There's plenty of people who will be playing <laughs> on mixed crews and non-mixed crews. I don't think you have to worry about that at all. But what this does is it offers players an opportunity at a little more fair play because if you're playing on a, on a if you if you are one of the 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 few people out there that their parents went out and got them or you went out and just wanted to, just an extra console just for fun and you picked up it and picked up one of the uh, Xbox S1 or Xbox One S uh, all digital or the the SADs if you picked up a SAD this last Black Friday for 150 bucks with 3 months of uh, Sea of Thieves on it you're still will within that 3 month time frame you now have the opportunity to play with just other console players so you can feel like if you are bested in battle or you best someone else in battle that it was on even grounds and that you don't have to think about well maybe they were afk or and maybe it was you know just someone who who uh, they beat me because that that's the biggest argument i think right now right i'm kind of beating around the bush here but to be perfectly honest a lot of people are frustrated with getting beat by pc players because they can turn faster and load quicker and that could be the case but it, in my experience, it's not something that will always be the deciding factor. It may help, but there are definitely other things that you can do in ship battles to, uh, to, to make sure that you aren't having to deal with that. Now, the one thing that does benefit PC people probably the most is if they're, if they're playing the game 
on an SSD, which any console player can actually do as well too. You can always purchase uh, an SSD drive um, to, to load Sea of Thieves onto, and you can load pretty quickly on those as well too. I think I tested it the other day on my system, and I think I load into the game after going through the ferryman's doors. I think it takes about five or six seconds for me to load back in. If it's longer than that for, for what you're playing, then... I would definitely look into getting an SSD. It's a really fun thing, and it might actually help you in the coming year as the next Xbox consoles come out because one of the biggest things that the next generation is touting is that you they will be playing on SSD hard drives. Now, granted, those are going to be proprietary drives, and they're probably going to be engineered to be fairly good to try and reduce the load times uh, for games, but... Again, it comes down to what's going to make you feel better when you're actually in a PvP fight. Now, if you get an SSD drive and you switch over to, uh, uh, to that and you still get beat and it's because you feel like you're still not loading fast enough, then that's something that is down to Rare's netcode and them actually having to load the game in faster. So that's up to them. Um, I honestly, you know, I've been wondering, how do y'all feel about the way you die in arena where you just kind of slump down and then your camera pans up and you see your character and you see what's going on. Would you guys be interested in giving up the ferryman if you could make that like a choice? Like if you could just choose to die and then choose to go to the ferryman, or if you just wanted to um, show your character as a, as a ghostly you know, character that just drops down and you, and you have like this bird's eye view of your character. Um, cause I'm, I'm of two minds about that, to be honest, I like the ferryman, but at the same time, I actually like the fact that my character in arena just sits there and I can still see what's going on and give information to my teammates. If something happens, you know, if I die and I still, I see people doing stuff, then I can at least give my friends some, some information about that. So I, I'm kind of interested to understand, like, where do you guys feel or fall in that line? Like, would you be okay if they took out the ferry or maybe they just made it an option and you could choose in the settings if you wanted to go to the ferry after you died, or if you wanted to, to just sit there as a ghost. Um, I'd like that as an option. I, I think that would be an interesting thing to just be able to tell like who likes going to the ferry and who doesn't because it might improve some of those loading times for people and with this i think this is finally going to um when when all is said and done i think this will finally lay to rest the argument that rare doesn't listen no, that's a lie. People will still say that. But at least at this point, people will have an opportunity to say that things are a little more fair when it comes to playing against other console players and not having to worry about PC people interfering with their gameplay. I hope this helps. I hope this solves a lot of people's problems. And I hope that anyone that's been playing the game and has felt that they've been cheated out of uh, treasure because of the discrepancies will come back to the game as a result of this. Because this this, is, this sounds like it'll be a pretty good event to come back to. Um, some of the other quality of life things that Joe talked about was the storage crates that are out in the world, the backpacks. And they talked about how currently, if you find a backpack, it's empty. Now, similar to rowboats, 
there will be supplies in them and a relative assortment of different things. The The weird thing about this is, and, and I don't know if this is just because um, it was a slip up and what Joe was talking about, because he mentioned fruit crates and fruit being in them, but that's something that's already in the game. So I kind of think that what Joe was talking about dealt more with uh, actually the, the storage crates themselves, or I call them backpacks. Having backpacks that you find and then you fill up with a whole bunch of stuff and then you truck it back to your ship and then you unload it. I think that's kind of where he was going with that. So if that's the case, that's awesome because it makes those so much more useful. Every time I find a rowboat, I kid you not, I hope I have a storage crate on hand because I love to unload it load the storage crate and just take the storage crate and leave the rowboat. I don't, I don't necessarily need two rowboats, but I love the supplies that come in them because they generally have a lot of supplies and they're usually really good supplies. Um, moving on to the next thing that I wanted to talk about that Joe, Joe mentioned as far as a quality of life improvement, he talks about arena, which I know, shocker, we actually have some arena news. Who knew? Uh, the arena, they said, are two changes that I think are going to be instrumental in how much people enjoy playing in the arena. Uh, the first one is that ships will sink faster now. So if you were tired of waiting for your ship to sink so that you could respawn and get back into the game, that will now be fixed. You will now have your ship sink faster, but here's the it's a double-edged sword man as soon as you sink a ship it they're going to be back faster they're going to be able to retaliate faster so you have to make sure you take that into account as you're going into this next update if you're jumping back into arena uh, the other thing that they mentioned which i think a lot of people are really going to appreciate is your ship or any ship in the arena will no longer spawn in a storm this is something that has been plaguing the, the arena for quite some time basically since it was introduced almost a year ago and the fact that they are, are adjusting it so that storms will still be in the game but they won't be something that you actually spawn into is great i love that you can now freely spawn into the arena raise your anchor plot your course and get moving without having to bail or repair or use supplies on stuff that you don't need to do because the way the game is designed you shouldn't it should be equal footing across the board and that's exactly what i think a lot of this update is uh, uh t trying to address it's trying to really kind of make sure that the community is appreciated and that we're listened to and that the things that are coming to the game are quality of life fixes. So my, my only caveat to this entire segment is while I appreciate all of these quality of life improvements, I hope that Rare still has enough time to go back and start squashing some of the major bugs that have been implemented in the game as a result of all of these monthly updates. Some of these, uh, some of the, the bugs that we have in the game are still bugs that are there from launch. Uh, when was the last time you guys saw a green skeleton player? Because that's still something that's in the game. Now, granted, we don't have the, the spyglass debacle of 2018 uh, when everyone had... Um, had the ability to uh, hand off chests or items, and we we had the really odd placement of the uh, of the writing handlebar hand gestures with the spyglass in an interesting place. But 
we still have bugs in the game that I do think need to be addressed. Uh, so if you have those concerns, I would urge you to please, please visit the forums, visit Twitter, support, speak out, let Reddit know, talk about them in length about what are the ones that you find, list them in the circumstances that go into, you know, be that, be that tester, be that beta tester. If you aren't in insiders, the insiders is a thing. If you're new to the game and you don't know about Sea of Thieves that much, there is an entire test realm called the insiders where you get rewarded for playing an hour a week with cosmetics, gold, and doubloons. Uh, actually, I'm not sure about the doubloons. Don't quote me on that one, but you go in there and there's forums dedicated to just talking about bugs with the builds that they are putting out. Now, granted, you're under NDA, which I still don't necessarily agree with, but at least you have an outlet, a viable outlet through the forums that is dedicated to help improving the game by listing off bugs and issues in the build that's coming out. So the more we can address these, the more we can talk about them specifically, hopefully future updates and future videos that we get will address each of these in turn as we just ask Rare to please please try to fix some of the bugs that are in the game. All right, next up on today's docket, I wanted to address something that came up in the developer update that pertains to how my content is going to be released. So typically, the way my podcast goes is I usually check out all the stuff that's going on in Sea of Thieves, take out what's interesting or what I think you guys might be uh, happy to know about, and I put that into the podcast as well as your feedback, your stories, or just some other stuff that I find in and around the community and the dev update videos are pretty crucial to what I talk about. So the way the dev updates are going to be changing is you will no longer see weekly dev update videos. Now, careful, hold on. Don't get your pitchforks out quite yet. They're going to be supplementing these. Now, traditionally, we would be getting four weekly updates, uh, letting us know about the state of the game and what's going to be going on and stuff like that. But They've decided that with 2020, they want to start giving some more content that isn't going to be revolving around weekly dev updates. Uh, they want to do more things like they have back when the game wasn't released. Now, if you're old sailor like me and you've been with a game since before it was launched, then you are probably pretty familiar with the drip feed of content that we used to get from Rare. They used to put out a lot of behind the scenes videos that gave some information or talked about certain things with the game before it came out. And these behind the scenes videos were the little tidbits of information that we would live off of for a certain amount of time until the game actually came out. And since the game has come out, we've moved away from that and we've been getting constant updates every week talking about the, the stuff that's going on, fixes, bugs, updates, things that they want to address. And while they've kind of gotten this cadence going with monthly updates, it feels like there's less relevance or less necessity to constantly be talking about like what 
the next big update is going to be or to keep people invested in information about Sea of Thieves. What they can then do is take the time that they would be making weekly dev update videos and actually go into behind the scenes videos or first look videos, uh, talking with different departments and what they're working on and talking about different things that are in the game or possibly even coming to the game. We might actually be able to find out ways to get an idea of how things kind of work in the game uh, from the, the people that are actually working on them. And that's something that uh, I actually really have missed. It's one of the few things that we've had a little bit of in the past. I think my cat's trying to get into the door right now. I'm not going to let her though. Uh, it's, it's one of the things that we've gotten in the past that I really enjoy. All the little behind the scenes featurettes, especially if you go back and listen to one or watch the video of the special effects uh, behind the scenes video that they did back when it was um, September-ish that they released one for when they did the devil shroud and they had the bubbling water and the sea foam and the ash and the way the smoke billowed up out of the light out of the volcanoes all of that was so awesome to see and i really really enjoyed those actual videos and it's something that i've told the dev team uh, over and over again you know i really really appreciated those and because of the way the video production schedule works at Rare, they typically anticipate having one video out each week where Joe, Joe sits down or someone sits down and talks about the weekly update. And then they have big videos that they work on for content updates where they're gathering info, getting voiceover work done, getting footage. All of that takes time and effort. And to be able to get back to some of the essence of what the original community team did when they were putting out videos to kind of get people riled up for the game, get some hype going for the stuff, those are all things that I really appreciated and I'm looking forward to those coming back, but that's not all. So what to expect with the weekly dev update videos. You're going to see one weekly dev update video. You're going to see one content update video, typically probably around the second week or the third week of the month when they actually release the next content update. And then they will add two videos. One of those could be behind the scenes. The other one could be spotlighting, say, the Race of Legends uh, or other creator crew content. So while the creator crew's out there doing work and making content for the game, their content hasn't really had a good place to be showcased for the community through Rare. Rare hasn't really promoted too much of that. So changing the way that they're be going, going to be doing their video production schedule for YouTube, this will now allow for them to be able to add content to that stream that isn't just talking heads, uh, which I think is still kind of a weird uh, turn of phrase where it's a talking, like what other part of your body is going to be talking. I shouldn't actually even open that up. Don't talk about that. Leave it to the heads. So with this, it's going to be interesting to see what I'm going to be able to do or what I'm going to have to adjust for my schedule to be able to continue to give you guys enough content to be able to talk about each week. So I'm going to be thinking about a couple ideas, uh, possibly doing more interviews and possibly keeping the interviews for episodes. Um, one of the other things that I've been slacking on that I have to apologize to you for is the Sea of Thieves role-playing game. 
I have been wanting to dive into this for a while, and I just haven't spent as much time reading the rules, understanding the game, and getting uh, an actual role-playing crew together. But something that I think would be interesting, and depends a lot on schedules and timing and how it all works out, because everyone's busy and everyone has priorities in life, and I don't want to tread on those, but... I would like to see if I could get a weekend crew together to do some Sea of Thieves roleplay game so that we can actually sit down, possibly stream it, possibly just record it, but very much in the same way that a lot of people really enjoy Critical Role or There Will Be Dungeons or a multitude of different roleplaying games that are D&D based that are just recorded, uh, the Adventure Zone, things like that, where it's a story and play, players are given an opportunity to make choices and they have to roll and that's all recorded. I'm interested in whether or not I should be doing something like that for the podcast and how I can take some of those, chop them up and insert them into the podcast feed um, on a regular basis so that people have something else to listen to that is is going to be centered around community and story so that it's if i don't have news to talk about then at least there's something to talk about and that way it it's kind of bringing some of you into the into the fold now to to start this off i might see if i can reach out to some of the creators out there uh who i know have good audio equipment and are good characters uh who would be interested in doing this because honestly if if we're doing it i want to make sure it's entertaining for you and as as that thing i want to make sure that i can be a good dm because i've never done this and i don't have a whole lot of information about how to do it but I'm looking to see if I can actually do that. Um, so thanks, Rare. Thank you, Joe Neat. You forced my hand. I'm going to have to sit here and read this book and figure it all out now. But that's okay because it's helping me grow. And I hope that you're taking 2020 to grow as well. And um, I think that's actually it for news. I think that's all the news. Did we get, oh no, wait, I'm sorry. I almost forgot while I was taking a break between uh, some of the different things I did want to mention. Now, I don't know much information about this. I really don't, but I happen to notice on Twitter that there is going to be uh, tickets for sale for SOT Fest. Now, if you don't know what SOT Fest is, in the UK, they are throwing um, kind of a Sea of Thieves version of Rare Fest, where Rare Fest was where community members would get together and it would be a celebration of Rare. Community members have gotten together and decided that they are going to do their own community gathering, this meeting, this this fan fest for Sea of Thieves. So at S-O-T-F-E-S-T. That's the Twitter handle. At S-O-T-F-E-S-T. S-O-T Fest. On Saturday 18th, tickets are going to be made available for SOT Fest. And this is going to be trying to to get information about how many people are going to be going, plus help fund the actual fest so they can have good stuff there. Go over to SOT Fest on Twitter and follow them. Make sure that you're following them because if you want to go and you want to get tickets, it's five days from now and tickets will become available. I don't know how many people are going to be going. I don't know how long tickets are going to be available. I actually don't even have a website right now that you can actually go to to actually purchase the tickets. But 
That's why I want you to go over to SOT Fest on Twitter and actually follow them so you can stay up to date. And when I get more information, which I think is going to be the next episode, if I can remember to put it in the show notes, uh, I will actually give out the link in case people want to actually go to that because I think that's going to be a really fun event for a lot of people who enjoy Sea of Thieves. Next up on today's docket, I just wanted to bring you a quick little story coming to you from the Discord channel in the First Mates Log. This one comes to us from Super Pack, a good friend of the show. And I just wanted to, to share his little story because I thought it was kind of interesting. We've been talking about the game back when it first came out, plus what we're dealing with now in 2020. So his story came in a short little story form, and he says, Sailed with a friend who played Sea of Thieves back when it was new, but not after. I figured, let's do a tall tale. So we started the Shroud Breaker and went off to the uncharted island between Crooked Masts and Crook's Hollow. Before we got there, a brigantine arrived there. We communicated that we were friendly, played music with them, and then all of the crew boarded our boat. And of course, shortly after, they decided to get their weapons out and kill us. When we spawned back in, they hadn't sunk our ship or anything, just left. So we sailed back on the, uh, to the island. They sailed around and began firing on us. So we returned fire, getting some good shots in, but we were running low on supplies. We did, however, have a gunpowder barrel in the crow's nest. So I used that on them, killed their entire crew, and they sank leaving us to do the tall tale in peace. They didn't have mics, or at least weren't talking in-game, so it was not shocking that they turned on us. We finished the tall tale, and I think my friend enjoyed it enough. He said he would probably keep playing, but who knows. Tall tales are pretty fun little diversions, but he also kept asking me, Is this new? Is this new? How do you fish? And yeah, it just struck me how much content and things to do have been added since the launch build. It's a pretty different game now, for sure. And Super Pack, I couldn't agree more. And I think that it's really interesting. A lot of pirates have been saying recently that they miss when people would speak in game. And they kind of miss some of the fun that they would have when people weren't just so shoot first, ask questions later. A lot of fun can be had in this game, and I have to hand it to Rare that this is still a game closing in on the two-year two mark where they have yet to charge anyone for DLC. And coming from Rare, that means a lot to me. Coming from any game company. Now, if you really want to pick bones about it, let's take a, take a quick peek, and I know this is a weird detour, but take a look at the recent announcement from the Pokemon Direct that we got from the Pokemon company, Game Freak. They've recently announced DLC plans. They've recently announced that they will be charging players $30, $30, uh, £27.99 to pick up two season pass updates uh, for their game, for, for Sword and Shield, that will introduce new areas two new areas and 200 of the original Pokemon that were, were in the, in the Pokedex in the past. Now, my thoughts aside, I just want to point out that rare has introduced 
two new areas, Tribute Peak and the Devil's Shroud, as well as a slew of new threats and new cosmetics in this game for $0 for the last two years. Pokemon Company hasn't even had this game out a year, and they have already announced DLC plans to ask people for more money for content. They make the most money, as far as I've heard, than any other game studio out there, even more than Rocksteady, because that franchise is just so popular. So I just want to put this out there for anyone that thinks that Rare is cheating people for the microtransactions or they think it's hostile or toxic or whatever you want to say about Rare. I have to stand by Rare and say their microtransactions don't increase power. They're all cosmetic. They're introducing charity cosmetics where they fund charities as a result of giving us cosmetics. They work and get paid by Microsoft to give us something that we can donate to charities and get rewards for it. And they have never charged us a dollar for new content that comes out anytime they give you a monthly update. So Rare, kudos to you, kudos to the team, kudos to Microsoft for allowing them to do this for so long. I can't wait to see what comes in 2020. And with that, Pirates, that's going to do it for this episode of Keel Hauled Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you loved it. Next week, let's dive into the Legends of the Seas and find out who's who in the Easter egg world. Pirates, thank you so much. I love you and I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. <laughs>